Councillor Redfern, Councillor Davy, Councillor Lodge, Councillor Paul Davies, Councillor Riles, <coughs> excuse me, and Councillor Hicks. Councillor Knight. Councillor Knight. And Councillor Asker. And Councillor Asker. And Councillor Count Jim Gordon. Councillor Fairhurst and Councillor LeCount, Councillor Andrum. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Any declarations of interest? No? Right, well, we move on then to the minutes of the previous meetings. There were two. For those of you using the iPad, I think you have to look to the supplementary pack for the 19th of June minutes. So are you happy for me, if we take the first minutes in May, are you happy for me to take those as a correct record? Yes? Uh, right, we're moving on then to the 19th of June. Are you happy for me to take those as a correct record? Right, um, Councillor Sell and then Councillor Gerard. Um, the record is correct, but I'm, what I'm commenting on is omission. It, it was one of the most important debates faced by this council, and... I think in the interest of transparency, I realise that minutes are not verbatim and they shouldn't be, but I think there should have been a mention of who actually spoke. And there's not, for many of the councillors who spoke in that debate, there's no indication to any of the people who follow us, I'm sure there are thousands, who, that we actually contributed during that debate. And I just think that rather than someone having to go through the tape, they could see that so-and-so spoke, and if they're interested to hear what they in fact said, they can follow it up. But if they're given no indication, and then I think it doesn't help in the interest of transparency. Thank you. <coughs> um, Councillor Gerard. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, like Councillor Sell, I have a very similar comment about that. Um, in particular about what, when I spoke, certainly the, the, the minutes don't go anywhere near as to covering... Madam Chairman, the comments that I made. I have taken the liberty of printing out what the additional brief summary comments that of what I said, but I, I do agree. I do think that we, 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 with such an important meeting, it's important that we expand on what everyone said. They are important. These minutes are important. There are consequences we will look back on. So, I, if, if I may, for my own part, on what I said, I have a sheet here that I'm happy to, 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 to give you, but in general, I think we should expand. Thank you. Yes, well, we, can, we, we will take yours, but the, the thing is that we will have to do that for everybody, which will actually be quite difficult. There is a summary on the recording, but I think we take the point. But, um, you know, they, they, are, they are just a summary of the meeting. Sorry, Madam Chairman, if, if, if I may. A summary, they are indeed, mm. but I think for the purposes of accuracy, I don't think they actually accurately reflect what was said. The, the, um, the, you know, as councillors, we, we, we work hard to try and represent our residents, and I, I think they deserve to have accurate minutes. Mm. Well, I think the, the, the point we're making, I think the point he's making, the, 
they are not inaccurate minutes, but if anybody feels that their points haven't been amply covered, perhaps they could illuminate them and, and bring them forward and we'll look at them. Councillor Chambers. Just to say, if I may, Madam Chairman, I think uh, there is an easy way of resolving it that would be acceptable to all members of the Council. But if I may, I'll talk to you and the Chief Executive afterwards because I think that would be better. Okay, thank you very much. Councillor Sell. Chairman, as I said earlier, I don't forbade them. I, I, for me, I'd be quite content with just saying so and so spoke. And uh, I, I think I take, I understand Councillor Gerard's point, and I know he made a significant contribution to the debate. I'm not to say that I agree with everything you said, but you did make a contribution to the debate. And, and uh, I just think there are sometimes exceptions, and this was such an important debate that. And you said there could be consequences, so thinking ahead to next year, people may want to know, right, what did he or what did my local councillor do during that particular debate? And if there's no clue, no signposts at all, I just think that you wondered why, why did one speak, uh, because there's no record there, and you have to go through the tape uh, to find out where you spoke. I'm not saying that what I said were pearls of wisdom, etc., and that will be other people to judge, but at least give them an opportunity to do so. And I don't know what Councillor Chambers is proposing, but as I say, I'd be quite happy just to say so-and-so spoke during the debate, and if they want to follow it up, they can. But at least there's an indication there. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. It's along those lines, Madam Chairman, which I think would, uh, would uh, appease members and without too much trouble. Okay, well, perhaps we'll leave it then. If anybody has anything particular they want to add to the minutes or... Yes, that's fair enough. And um, um, we will look at it afterwards. Right, if everyone's content now, we will move on to Chairman's announcements. <coughs> I have only a very few things to say. I've had a very pleasant start to my year and have attended, amongst other things, two very enjoyable music events, one at Langdon House in Hornchurch and the other at the Faxed Music Festival. And the latter, I have to say, will certainly be a date in my diary for next year. Um, I've also attended the Uttlesford Business Awards evening and judged a cake competition at Saffron Walden Museum. I'm not sure I had the necessary credentials for that role, but nonetheless it was a very enjoyable event and um, is hopefully the first of many that they will use to attract further visitors to the museum. Uh, moving on, um, reports from the leader and members of the executive. Nothing to report this evening, Chairman. Thank you. You do want to speak? Uh, Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Well, it's been a few eventful, exciting weeks, and with your indulgence, I'd like to uh, just draw upon a highlight or two. And I'm not talking World Cup football, and I'm not talking Wimbledon. I'm talking something really important. It's crucial crew. Um, the week commencing the 25th of June, our communities team, as part of the CRP partnership, um, hosted Crucial Crew at St Mark's College in Audley End. Um, all Year 6 pupils from across the district were invited to participate in workshop-type presentations over a range of situations and issues that they may well uh, 
come across um, which could affect their personal safety either in or out of the home. One additional presentation this year was a presentation from Gangsline. And it wasn't meant to scare, but it was meant to make them aware that as they move up into their secondary education, they're not going up with all their friends from their primary education and their junior education. They're going into bigger schools, they're mixing with people from different areas and perhaps even out of the district. And there will be situations maybe put to them that they're not aware of. And that was what the intention of the gang's line presentation was about. And it's all very well presenting it to year six pupils, but I feel this council's got some work to do taking that message in a stronger form onto adults and we'll be working to arrange some opportunities for that. Um, some good news uh, also that last week at Cabinet um, we finally confirmed the uh, funding for two additional PCSOs in the district in the future. Um, I had a meeting today with representatives from Henham, Elsenham and Stansted Council and we went through all the pros and cons of how the arrangements would work. Um, it was very much a testing exercise, feeling out where things would, would need to be addressed. And we were accompanied by Inspector Colin Cox of the Uttersford and Braintree Community Policing Team. Now, we currently fund two PCSOs. Um, Essex Police provide one. They've got one vacancy they're trying to fill and we are bringing two more in in due course. I was somewhat taken aback um, hearing the local news at 6.30 just before I left to come here when Suffolk uh, Police announced that they were going to drastically cut the PCSO numbers in Suffolk. Now it's not for me to criticise that in this place. Um, however, if I get one sense of a feeling that our Police, Crime and Fire Commissioner is going to start to backtrack on the promises he's made through the raising of the uh, precept for additional policing, I'll be up at Kelvin and knocking on his door. Um, the initiative we've made backs up what we've already committed to. It's a, a, a unique initiative and it makes sure that Uthersford is a safe place to live. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Andrew. Councillor Ron. Yes, sorry, I did um, overlook one thing, which is that since the last um, meeting of Council on the 19th of June, A, I've been on holiday, but I've also been at the LGA conference, and I think it would be helpful just to feedback. I attended that with the Chief Executive. Um, it's, a, it's a good conference insofar that it's, uh, it's cross-party. All, all, all parties are represented there. Uh, they do get some significant um, government figures. And I think the general themes to um, two government ministers was the uh, uh, very difficult circumstances that particularly first-tier county councils or unitaries have at the moment in terms of budget. Um, and whilst to a certain extent the uh, social care um, um, problem has been slightly relaxed with their ability to raise taxation. It's now transferred very much onto youth services. So, um, you know, first-tier authorities and uh, uh, I'm sure um, 
Councillor Barker confirmed this from Essex. Counties really are now under the pinch. So that was a theme that was banged home. Uh, the Secretary of State, uh, uh, Mr Brokenshire, was there um, and he got that message very loud and clear. Some of the messages that I got across to... Um, to cabinet members, including uh, Liz Truss, who's Chief Secretary to the Treasurer, the Treasury, is uh, this disconnect, seeming disconnect between the Department of Transport uh, and the Ministry. I won't give you all, but you know the one: housing, local government, all the rest of it. Um, in terms of linking housing with infrastructure, and um, we're, I think we're fairly relaxed in terms of what we're doing within the garden communities, because the garden communities will pay for it themselves. But uh, it's the impact on the, the main arterial routes, um, and we saw a little bit of that in the uh, inspector's response to North Essex. So, particularly the M11 for us, um, and I think uh, north, northwards uh, the 505 as well. So, anyway, we, we've, we've managed to arrange some significant meetings to follow that through. So, that was our key point. Um, finally, I think the benefit of these uh, sessions is to. Uh, talk common language with your colleagues and it was a, a pleasure to meet the new administration at South Cams and to meet the leader. We've met obviously the chief executive on many occasions but Dawn and I met with uh, the leader and, um, uh, and the chief executive to obviously we have many things uh, to discuss so that was, that was helpful and we're meeting them again on Friday. So I think those are the main points Chairman. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we move on then to members' questions. Um, Councillor Dean. Thank you, Madam Chairman. At the um, May meeting, I did um, have a, a whinge about the um, lack of cleanliness of uh, streets in uh, Stansted, Stansted Mount Fitchett. Um, I, I can report that, that there's been no improvement. Um, since May. In fact, the, the, the gutters are clogged up with um, grit. I, I was moaning about leaves last time. The leaves might have blown away, I'm not quite sure, but or they've dried up, haven't they? <laughs> Lack of rain. So, but, but I've got a, a more general point, which um, is really about street services. We, many of us have experienced problems with bin collections, and I understand some of the background. There have been problems with heat the impact of heat on the vehicles themselves and obviously on the people who have to use the vehicles and that's not a very good situation in which to work. But nevertheless, been, there have been serious problems and lots of moans by members of the public. Um, it, it does seem to me that, um, that we ought to, it would be helpful if, the, if members had visib visibility of, uh, of an action plan as to how we're going to get out of the problems, away from the problems that we've got. I, I, you know, I'd like answers on whether there is a, a capacity issue such as everything running so close to the line that it only needs the slightest thing to go wrong that, that, that you know, there's a major hiccup in the, in the service um, and whether you know, as part of that whether we, we, we need to address the vehicles that exist at the moment and whether there needs to be additional capacity in the system to anticipate growth anyway uh, but to be slightly ahead of the curve uh, on that. Anyway, I, I won't go into any more detail. I, I'm aware that officers are aware that there are problems but I think it would be helpful certainly for me as a member and other members to be, to be assured that there is an action plan in place which will address these matters. 
So thank you, Councillor Dean. And um, uh, you're absolutely right because this is a key service that uh, we offer to the public and one that we uh, basically are very proud of. So um, a number of points. First of all, uh, drains and gutters, as you probably know, is a county issue, which I'm sure um, that uh, you will, we will take up with the county authorities. But just turning to our own waste services, uh, we have, this is a bit like the, um, the leaves on the track saga, isn't it? So uh, it's either leaves, it's wet, it's snow, it's something or other. But, but you're right, uh, the lifting mechanism on the vehicles uh, has been overheating, um, which has caused some of the vehicles to be taken out of action for that day, which has meant that the team have had to do double shifts, which in these conditions is a big ask. And I might say, I, I, I accept that there are challenges, but we did get an absolutely charming complimentary comment from a resident of Stansted who saw uh, the, 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 the guys on their second shift recognising you know, their commitment. And that was, it was very nice to receive that. We didn't publicise it, but it was, it was very good to receive it. So what are we doing about it? So um, we've been considering um, trade waste for some time. And uh, the Cabinet has decided that we should continue with trade waste. It's, it's, it's a service. Um, it currently loses its, mo its money, but if it was maybe done in a different way, it doesn't have to. It's not going to make us a fortune, but it doesn't have to lose us money. Um, so a combination of that and the current uh, manager, uh, Catherine Chapman, who, as you know, uh, of Waste Services, who has tendered her resignation. So this gives us the opportunity to make a new appointment to oversee uh, the development of Waste Services and um, maybe some other aspects as well. Um, we, we are investing in more vehicles. We've got the budget, as you probably know, because you've seen the budget book. So we're getting on. We've pressed the button. Um, these, it's, you know, buying a... Um, a refuse vehicle is not quite the same as going into your garage uh, and uh, buying an Audi. Uh, it has got to be made, so it's going to take time. But we've pressed the buttons to buy uh, new, more vehicles. We are going to uh, have a support vehicle uh, in case of breakdown. So a combination of a number of initiatives, uh, I think, will address what you're talking about. But we, you know, we treat uh, waste services with great pride and uh, we'll make sure that our services... I have noticed that, um, for example, verge cutting had been a problem, but I've noticed driving around that that has significantly improved in the last... And as you know, we have non-stop litter picking going on throughout the, throughout the district. So we will get back on top of it. But thank you for the point. It's well made. I, I just need you to come back because obviously I was a slight misunderstanding here and it was actually reflected in the minutes of the May meeting which I hadn't picked up at that time. I'm, I'm referring to not to drains, not to the, the things that the County Council does suck out and clean from time to time, but, but the actual curb, you know, the, 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 all the way along the, the road. If you, go, if you go along Cambridge Road in Stansted and you look at the edge of the pavement onto the road surface, you'll find that there's so much debris there, and the same applies to Chapel Hill, and it must be other places as well. And, and one of the problems, no doubt, is, it, I mean, it's this council that does the street sweeping. We, we do the street sweeping, and one of the problems is parked vehicles. Uh, and if cars parked there, then, I, you know, they, they, they must pass by. So we've got to find a way of cleaning places up even when there are cars parked there or stop them parking for the morning of the particular date. Got to get round this problem, otherwise it's just going to continue to get worse and worse. So I, I just want to clarify that point. I'm talking about okay. solid debris um, on the road surface. Thank you. I think Councillor Barker, you're going to respond. 
Yes, I mean, Councillor Dean, certainly if there's any specific areas like that or others in Stansted, we will investigate and see what we can do. And on the issue of verges, Essex County Council has acknowledged that they still have not completed the spring verge cutting in Uttlesford. The spring verge cutting in Uttlesford. Um, they did go to Great Canfield last week where it was about five foot tall. Um, the new cabinet member at Essex County Council, Councillor Bentley, is looking to find ways of delegating more stuff downwards and to get some of those highways panels and little jobs done quicker. So I think we will see a gradual change over the next time. Um, those of you who have uh, verges where the parishes cut the verges, like we do in High Easter, they're cut three times a year. It's nice and low. You can see where you're going. You go down the road to Great Canfield, where they're not allowed to cut their verges, because Essex at the moment won't delegate the function, and it is a dangerous drive. But Essex, under, as a new cabinet member for highways, is looking to delegate some more of this stuff down. But, yes, street sweeping, you're quite right, is Uttlesford, so we'll see what we can do in those areas where there are lots of park cars. Thank you. Madam Chairman, may I comment on the refuse collection? Uh, yes, just quick. Yes, thank you, Madam Chairman. Uh, I, I'm frequently asked by constituents why it is that their bins have not been collected. We have an excellent bin collection system, but if we haven't ordered the trucks in advance, then we only have ourselves to blame. Of course, we knew the houses were coming along. In my own ward, Castle Ward in Saffron Warden, I have 167 houses coming online at the Ridgin site. I have well over 100 at Tudor Park, at Persimmon Homes. Uh, we're going to have another 200 behind Tesco's, Linden Homes. You can't say, oh dear, we didn't expect them, we knew them, we, we, we'd had, the consents have been in place for years, they're being built out. And what constituents say to me is, look, we're here, we're paying our taxes from the day we walk in, why don't we have refuse collections? And it's a very difficult question to answer. So if I may, Chairman, um, I think you need to look at the statistics uh, because it's 99.4% pickup. Uh, the statistics you receive through the GAP committee. So um, there are isolated incidents, we, we, we recognise that. With all due respect, the few hundred houses in Saffron Walden on top of the 30,000 that we already have is a drop in the bucket. So there's no suggestion that we haven't ordered these vehicles in time. I just said we are ordering them. I didn't say we are ordering them late, but we are ordering them as we plan to order them. So they're coming on stream. Uh, there, you know, there, there have been technical problems, which uh, you know, can happen. But uh, uh, any missed bin is not good for the resident, uh, and is, but it, it indeed is always followed up. Uh, so, uh, and I think your residents will admit to that as well. I don't know if Councillor Barker wants to add to that. Um, all our refuse vehicles have in-cab technology. If a bin is not out outside number 70 North Road, I hope nobody lives at 70 North Road, if the bin is not there, they log it. If it's not there, when they go past, they log it. So if people ring up and say their bins haven't been collected. I have had, I've, you know, I've got a few people around the district who contact me because it seems to be the same people whose bins get missed. But if it's not there, it's logged. And very often we have to say to the people when they ring up and say you didn't collect my bin, the operators, control staff can look at that and it will show that the bin was not out when it was expected to be out. We do have sometimes problems with new estates, with delivery of bins. We tried to improve on that. We brought a contract in to get replacement bins and new bins out to people sooner. Um, but no, you know, nine times out of ten, when I get a complaint, when I go back through the system, the answer is the bin was not out at the time when we lorry came past. And the rules are, 
you know, your bin should be out before 7 o'clock in the morning because the crews leave at quarter to 7 in the morning. Um, sorry, can Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. I think this is a question for Councillor Barker, but I'm not 100% sure. It's an airport question, um, but not logistics. I've had several complaints from people who say that the flight path has changed. And indeed, I've noticed it over our house, and usually you don't get a lot over Stansted. And I don't know uh, where to go. I'm sure you'll point me in the right direction, but uh, I have actually been taking notice of it. And it is happening. Um, so I just wondered if you could shed any light on that, please. Um, I think two things. Um, I'm not aware of any recent changes to flight paths, but I know the communities are being affected differently. Um, flights are on a much narrower band. And funnily enough, not in this district, but Great Notley is suddenly suffering uh, for the flights that go out over Felstead and that way. Councillor Artis is your expert on it here, so ask him a question um, outside the meeting, or I'd go to Mr Pine, because Mr Pine is also an expert on these matters. Thank you. I will tell the people of Manudan that our turn to listen to the recording. I'm sure they'll be delighted. Thanks very much. Thank you. Um, Councillor Sell. Thank you, Madam Chairman. I'd like to ask Councillor... First of all, I should like to thank the Cabinet and Councillor Ranger for the pieces. So I'm going to assure Councillor Ranger I'll make sure he gets exclusive credit for it. Uh, but I'd like to Councillor, ask Councillor Rolf for an update, please, on the Carver Barracks running track. Um, yes, good question. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, all I can say is uh, we have a new quartermaster in place that are, who I haven't met. Uh, well, I, ha I have actually briefly met him at a function, uh, and we agreed that we need to talk. Um, there's uh, you know, good work carrying on through the council, but uh, I'm meeting uh, the lieutenant colonel with the chief executive um, in early August. So... Um, it's, uh, I will be able to answer your question after that. Yes, please. Sorry, could you put your microphone on? Sorry. Councillor Morris asked for an update on the running track, and Councillor Rolf replied as follows. The intention was to engage in dialogue to secure the future of the facility beyond the planned closure in 2031. The Army had given a commitment to enter into partnership on the basis of match funding. The intention was to achieve full use of facilities and value for money for the investment made, unquote. I'd like to ask Councillor Rolfe, does he agree with me that this project, if it ever did, no longer represents value for money. The minute I'm quoting from is the meeting of the 8th of December 2016, which is 17 months away. You are saying to us that you were meeting with the Lieutenant Colonel, fine, but if the closure is going to be 2031, the lifespan of this running track for the half a million pounds that this council has committed to invest I would suggest to you that it doesn't represent best value and what should be done with this project is to put a, to tell it. I've got plenty of examples, and I'm sure members around have got plenty of examples in my area of sporting facilities 
crying out for investment. We have in Council Lee's ward the Stansted Hall and Elstham Cricket Club needing a new pavilion, raising money for that. We have in my ward Stansted Bowls Club needing a new roof, which if they don't get the money and the roof falls in, they can't carry on. So what I like to see, I'm not expecting Councillor Rolfe to say yes, but nicely he did, is a health and wellbeing fund. We're all committed to health and wellbeing for the district. And there are many projects crying out for some match funding so they can carry on providing those facilities to young and not so young. Thank you. Yeah, well, that's in two parts, that question. There's first of all, what's happening to Carver Barracks? And secondly, what about a sports fund? And uh, we'll look very carefully at the second part of your, uh, because um, health and well-being is fundamental to our objectives, as you well know. Sport is very important, very important to Councillor Morris in Saffron Walton, and uh, obviously um, Councillor Ranger uh, chairs um, uh, Active Uttlesford, which has its constituent parts of Active Saffron Walden, Stansted and Dunmo. So, yeah, we understand what you're saying. There are um, plenty of ways of um, raising money, of course. Uh, Councillor Barker chairs the uh, the Stansted Fund, which has given out money for sports facilities. We happen to know that it's sitting on about £200,000, so your pavilion in Stansted might well want to make an application there. I would have Done thought... it today, Chairman. There you go. I mean, <laughs> we've sorted it instantly for you, Councillor Sell. So, so, so uh, we, have our own, we have our own capital fund, as you know, £3,500 uh, that uh, is just... Um, we're just underway with, so much of that often goes to facilities like that. So there is money, and Essex has its own fund, and Active Essex has a fund. So there's quite a lot of money that can be applied for, but I think you make a fair point. A, do people know where to apply? Uh, so we will take that point away. As far as Carver Barracks, everything I said in 2016, I stand by. Uh, it's a very good value deal. Uh, you won't get the kind, those kind of facilities for half a million pounds anywhere else. Uh, what has basically happened, and I think to be fair we've reported this at Council before, is that the whole, the whole upper tier at Carver Barracks has changed. So you've got two regiments there, both lieutenant colonels of each regiment has changed, and the quartermaster has changed. Um, and on top of that, the army has slightly changed the way it works. So um, I'm not saying we're starting again, but this council has always believed that if it's going to invest half a million pounds, it is going to have a secure investment. It is, it is not, it is not a, a to use the facility for a few years. It wants to put down a marker, uh, basically, in perpetuity. So um, we, will, we will continue that negotiation. I hope we're successful. Councillor Artis is involved. He's put his hand up, so he might want to say something. But we, we are still committed to that. It's a very good value project. Um, the, the whole new garden community structure will deliver incredible sporting facilities, but I appreciate that is some time away. And in the meantime, um, you know, there are priorities in Saffron Walden, uh, there are priorities elsewhere in, in the district, so uh, we, will, we will look very carefully at that. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Artis, you're next, anyway. Okay. Uh, yes, um, just, to, just to let you know, uh, the original deal that we did with, uh, with Carver Barracks was that should the barracks close before 2031, that there would be a reclaim on the amount of grant money that, uh, that we gave them. Um, however, uh, as Councillor Rolfe has said, the whole tier 
at, uh, at the top of the MOD has, has changed and the structure has changed and they are now no longer uh, willing, at the moment anyway, to, uh, to adhere to those heads of terms that were agreed with them some many months ago. So we're in a state of limbo. Uh, the army themselves at the barracks say that the, 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 the barracks will not close before 2031, but we have no legal certainty on that. So yes, it's still a good deal, provided we get the full uh, period. If we don't get the full period, then it's not a good deal. Simple as that. Um, can I just, uh, it is me next, as, as you say, um, can I just first of all say that I'm glad that um, buying a refuse vehicle is not the same as buying a German car because we want the emissions tests <laughs> to, to, be, to, be, to be accurate. But, uh, but uh, j just on a more serious note, um, I, I attended uh, Bob Merrion's funeral today uh, and Bob was my predecessor at uh, Hatfield Broadoak uh, as district councillor and I'm sure uh, some of you know him. He was a real gentleman uh, who was much respected uh, for his dedication. Can I just ask the leader uh, if, if you would join me in your own time of paying some respect to, uh, to Bob and have him in our thoughts uh, and that the council also perhaps send Mrs Marion a card of gratitude recognising his service over the years gone by. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Councillor Artis, and of course uh, we would support uh, your suggestion there. I didn't have the pleasure of uh, working with Councillor Merrion. I know he was your predecessor, and obviously there are those in the chamber who will have known him well. So a, a former colleague uh, who worked in this council and represents his community, uh, I think it would be a pleasure to write to his um, widow, and, uh, and, and thank you for raising the matter. Right, thank you. Um, we'll just, I'll just take three more and then we have to call it a day. Um, it's Councillor Foley, then Councillor Freeman and Councillor Chambers. I'm sorry, we have actually had 20 minutes of what is a 15-minute slot, so I think I'll have to call a halt on it. Foley. There are. Thank you very much. Uh, with the, just back to the, uh, the bin uh, issues, could I just um, uh, suggest that the Council uh, uh, as a whole writes and thanks our workers who actually have done a tremendous job during very difficult conditions. I know they've had <laughs> people complaining to them. In fact, in fact, that I saw an awful situation which I st stepped in on because I think people just need to uh, be aware from somebody who should have known better frankly and they've taken a lot of stick because they are essentially the front line and I would uh, through you uh, chairman ask if a letter of thanks could be passed because we know it's been a difficult situation I'm glad to hear that things will improve I've just one little question on that have we been using uh, We've got an ageing vehicle situation, and I understand there were not new, some of them. Uh, when, when the, will we be buying new vehicles um, when we do this, or will we be second-hand again? And have we been using vehicles we, you know, that we can rent out? And, uh, I understand you can get hold of vehicles from other places quickly. I, have, I think I've seen things that, vehicles that I didn't recognise. 
And uh, just one final thing on a completely different subject. Thank you. It uh, saved me asking the question. I have uh, been asking at a lot of council meetings about Carver Barracks. I'd just like to remind you that potentially Carver Barracks, if it does change dates, could be the largest brownfield site in East Anglia. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, uh, whoever does the next local, well, maybe not the next one, but the one after that is going to have an easy ride. So, good, good, good luck to them. Uh, I, I don't know, Councillor Barker, whether you want to answer any of those questions. Yes, Otherwise, I, I, would, I would ask um, Mr. Harbour, I think, because you asked some technical questions about second-hand vehicles, which uh, probably I think uh, rather than... Uh, the answer is I think we have bought second-hand vehicles in the past, um, but I don't know what our plan is for the future fleet. So. Yeah, maybe Councillor Buck. No, uh, uh, and sorry, your final point was the letter. Of course, we'll do that. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I do, on a regular basis, ask um, head of service to, to thank the men. Um, I did particularly the, the crew that were out in Stansted. You know, as the, the email said, I forwarded it to all members. It was, um, you know, it's just a very nice email saying it was four o'clock, it was 30 degrees, and they were still out there and they were working. They were still smiling. And, um, you know, we did very much send a letter of thanks and equally after the really bad weather where, you know, on days it was impossible for the crews to get out and they had to work awfully hard to catch up. And, you know, all the time, I mean, we, we were discussing only last week, you know, how are we going to make the arrangements at Christmas work so it works best for residents, it works best for the crews, it works best for everybody so they have a break as well as everybody else. Um, and these things are, you know, very carefully considered. But we, we do think, or I try to thank the staff, on a regular basis because they do work very hard. I think regarding the actual machines, yes, I believe we sometimes borrow them. Sometimes we buy a second-hand one, maybe for those hard-to-reach places or as a backup, but we'll get you a technical answer from Mr Harbour and circulate it to all members. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Freeman. I think that was a question. Councillor Chambers. Thank you, Madam Chairman. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just going back to this again. Um, having been associated with the council a long time as you all know and I keep telling you when you have something like the refuse service the refuse service here is one of the best in the country now over a period of time you find that you have one or two little blips whatever business you're in and if you are all business people and some of these people here tonight who are speaking obviously not business people because they don't understand you have good days and you have bad days. Sometimes you have a little blip and then you go for a long time and things go very smoothly. Then you have a big dip. What's the difference between that and something like the refuse collection? The only thing is with the refuse collection, and I'd like to go on from, from Councillor Foley, Madam Chairman, if I may. Who comes round when everything else on the road is stopped because of snow? Never mind the tracks or anything like that. Who comes round, running round with a, a, a high-vis jacket on in temperatures of over 90 degrees? Very, very few people. We are very fortunate <coughs> on this council that we've always had a good service. We will continue to have a good service. When we get something like a problem with a, with a vehicle, which I can tell you wasn't as good a vehicle as it should have been, so it was nothing to do with us, then you... You can't help it. So all I would say is I, I don't want anybody to hear anything more about a bad service because it's not. It's an excellent service and I will say that anywhere in the country. Now if I may, coming back to the other issue that was mentioned about former councillor Bob Merrion. 
former councillor Bob Merrion, I recruited. He was an excellent councillor. He was, as somebody said, I think it was councillor Artis, a real gentleman. Whatever happened, he was always very placid, very level-headed, and gave his opinion when it was necessary, but he really was a good member of the council. And it's my fault, Madam Chairman, I should have mentioned it to you before the start of the council meeting. But may I ask you, in respect of Councillor Merrion, that we do stand for a minute, just in a minute's silence, to him, please. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chairman. (coughs) Right, thank you very much. Moving on now. Um, Matters referred from the Executive and Council Committees, there are none. Matters received from joint arrangements and external organisations, there are none. So we move on to procedure for moving amendments at Council meetings. And I believe, Councillor Oliver, you're going to take this. Thank you, Madam Chairman. The recommendation is that the Council adopts the changes to the Council procedure rules set out in the appendix to this report. The basis of the changes are set as set out in paragraph 3 that notices of amendment to a motion and recommendation must be given by 10 a.m. two working days preceding the meeting. Thus, if the Council meeting is on a Tuesday, Notice should be given by 10 a.m. the preceding Friday. There is clearly a need to have exceptions to this, and these are set out in paragraphs 1 to 4, part of 12.6.7. This report has been before the Governance, Audit and Performance Committee at both its February and May meetings, where it is well debated. So I now recommend this resolution to you. Recommendation to you, not resolution. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Jones. Does anyone wish to speak? Councillor Artis. Uh, yes, I mean, I agree with these, uh, these principles. The, there's only one thing which I, I thought was missing, and maybe it could be clarified, is that under, on page 20, 29, under item 18, it says there's also the safeguard that if the council is of the view that it makes sense to consider an amendment, despite these rules, it can do so by majority agreement but I didn't see that in, in the, in the uh, clauses in the appendix. <coughs> yes, I'm just informed Council can suspend standing orders. 
it's already in the Constitution. Councillor Barker. Chairman, yes, just clarification, please. Um, in paragraph, where are we, three? The change proposed is that notice of amendment to motions must be given. Is that the same as an amendment to a motion? Why is it a notice of an amendment to motion? And if one submits an amended motion or a notice of amendment to motion at one minute to ten o'clock on the Friday morning and the legal officer then decides it is not a fit amendment, what then happens? Uh, Mr Pugh, would you like to take that please? Well, in, in the same way as giving notice of a motion, one says what the motion is. Clearly, if one's giving notice of an amendment to a motion, one needs to give notice of what the amendment is going to be. Um, I mean, I would encourage members um, generally, if they're thinking of moving amendments, or, or motions for that matter, it would be very helpful if they talk to me in advance. They can do so in confidence. I'm happy to give advice on wording, legality and so forth. So if you do have opportunity to talk to me, then that will avoid the one minute to ten and there's a problem scenario. In practice, if it's one minute to ten and, it, and, and it's something that could be sorted out in five minutes, one, one might stretch a point. But, uh, you know, if there is a serious problem, then clearly there is an issue. So um, I would encourage members to talk to me in advance about motions and amendments so that, or, or democratic services so we can make sure that there aren't any procedural wording or uh, legal or financial issues. So, it's, you know. Uh, Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Uh, Madam Chairman, I served on this council between 2003 and 2007, and it was a very different sort of council then. It operated under a committee system rather than a cabinet system. Uh, now, committee systems have their problems, but they're much more inclusive because everybody's involved in some way or another. Uh, and maybe not very efficient uh, in some respects, but nevertheless, democracy in action. The thing that concerns me about this suggestion is that it degrades further the amount of demo democracy, the democratic practices that we use in this particular council. Uh, and, to give you an, and actually, if you're going to have to give notices beforehand, I understand all of the arguments about smooth operation, and anybody that's chaired a committee will understand very well indeed uh, the benefits of promoting consensus and having good conduct with the meeting. Nothing at all wrong with that. But also, actually, strangely enough, we're politicians, and one of the strange things that politicians do is they have debates. Well, at least they do some in places. They don't really seem to have them here. In fact, the nearest thing we had to a debate, in my experience, wasn't the last council meeting. It was actually when we were talking about balloons. And that was a debate. It was about balloons filled full of helium, uh, which, of course, eventually what goes up comes down. And these come down in all sorts of places, uh, pre presenting hazards to animals who inadvertently eat them and maybe also setting fires to things. That was quite a good and entertaining debate. Uh, I think the ground was covered thoroughly, not with balloons, but with uh, the, the arguments to and from. Uh, but the point is that essentially that debate was one of these motherhood and apple pie debates. You can't argue with motherhood, and most of us like apple pie. Nobody was going to vote against it. It was just a good thing to talk about, and found its way into the newspapers, which is fine. But actually, the sad thing about that is 
that it presents the image that all that councils do and all that this council does is to talk about trivia, you know, small things like balloons and whatever. Whereas, in fact, obviously our business is very much more important than that. But the very much more important business is not dealt with by debate. The very much more important business is dealt with by a small triumvirate of people. And I quote, for example, the Cabinet decision to go ahead to the Regulation 19 stage of the local plan. And that vote was carried out by three people. There were four Cabinet members present, one of whom abstained. Uh, because of um, uh, involvement. So three people actually passed the thing forward for ratification by this committee, by this chamber. And in fact, there was very little debate at that point. There was debate, but uh, I'm also minded to remember that there were, I think, 25 members of the public that came and spoke, and they spoke very well, every single one of them. And it was very well managed. Um, they, they kept a time, the officers uh, fed them through very uniformly, um, they made good points. And then we proceeded with the substantive business, and all of their points were basically lost. They made me very good points, but the decisions had been made by then. And that's got nothing to do with democracy. Now the point is, Madam Chairman, the point is, we are the representatives of democracy in this chamber. It's not the officers. We, the elected members, we are the people that have to go out and stand on doorsteps, knock on doors, justify our position once every four years. Officers don't do that, they're employees. Uh, and most people don't even know their name or identity, they're shrouded. So we are actually the custodians of the democratic process. And the thing that worries me about this is that actually it erodes further the democratic process. It's rather like saying we're going to play football, but actually you've got to get all your moves approved two days beforehand. It's not like that. Debate is debate. It's a to-and-fro process. You can't ratify it beforehand. So I have difficulty with that. Um, there are a number of other problems. The cabinet system itself is uh, one which, in some ways, I've sat in front of cabinet, given it my views, uh, cogent views in my opinion, and precisely nothing happened. They were listened to, and actually the ship sailed on didn't actually influence anything. And that's, again, not what democracy is about. Now, cabinet systems can be unmade. When the cabinet system was put in place here, the government insisted, because we were a small council, on having the opportunity every year to have a referendum. Do we wish to continue with the cabinet system? Now, the only point about it is that in order to get a referendum in Uttersford, you would need to get 3,500 people voting broadly in favour of it and that's probably quite a lot of work. But every year, I think about January, it's gazetted in the newspapers that you can have a referendum to unmake the cabinet system of this council. And it might be a very good thing to do, because I think the cabinet system as it stands has all sorts of issues, and democracy is really not one of them. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. I have Councillor Hargreaves next, and then Councillor Ranger. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, First, can I just say uh, that although this has come as a recommendation from the Governance, Audit and Performance Committee, it did really obviously original, uh, originate from the executive. We weren't just sort of sitting about at committee, getting bored of looking at audit reports and thought, ah, let's go change some council procedures for a bit of fun. Um, but more seriously, the change that's set before us is actually wider 
than the scope which was agreed by the committee. The committee agreed to changes relating to motions. It has now been extended to cover recommendations from Cabinet and from committees, which this is how this is actually phrased. Now, recommendations follow different rules to motions. And one of those differences is actually quite critical to what's before us. Now, when this first came to committee, I, I was unaware of this distinction. And the two situations that were suggested in support of this change were late changes to the local plan and late changes to, to the budget. And when I asked when had this last happened, uh, it turned out it was one instance from some years ago, I think it was so long ago it was in, it was in black and white. Uh, the committee were not impressed. They sent the proposal away and it came back with modifications. Now, second time round, despite thinking, honestly, the whole thing is really a bit unnecessary and a waste of everyone's time, I voted for it. And the reason was because it really only concerned motions. Now, the executive does not raise motions. They're, what they want to do goes via cabinet, as we've just been hearing. It's individual councillors and minority parties who have to use the, the motion uh, uh, mechanism. And what has happened every time R4U has raised a motion is that immediately before the debate, a wrecking amendment is, is circulated, pre-agreed by legal. We, R4U, then have no time to consider strategy or what we want to do. The wrecking amendment is carried and then R4U councillors are stuck with the issue of possibly even voting against our own motion because it has been fatally altered. You know, sort of democracy at its finest. So my logic was, if the executive is keen to sort of restrict the powers of council to, to debate and amend on the night, at least this little bit of the change would actually be hugely beneficial to my party because we couldn't be ambushed. Now, what has happened since is the proposal has been extended to include recommendations for consideration. And that's how all cabinet and committee matters are brought to council, which includes the examples that were given to support. It includes budgets, it includes uh, the, the, the local plan. Problem. Um, so the, the rules are different. If you have the red book handy, uh, it's chapter 4, page 43, and it's sections verses 2.4 down to 2.8. So I'll just summarise. 2.4 allows council to amend the executive's proposal. 2.5 then says the amended proposal does not have immediate effect and we may only make an in-principle decision. 2.7 then says within five working days, the council leader may object to the decision and must give reasons why to the responsible officer. 2.8 then requires the officer to call another council meeting in ten working days for the council to reconsider its decision. So, we are prevented 
by existing rules from making binding amendments on the night to Cabinet decisions. So my conclusion on this is that we're being asked to make really quite a, a controversial and when you look at quite complex change, it's got lots of ifs and buts and things you might be able to do on the night, but it seems to me it's to deal with something that doesn't actually happen and if it did happen, there's already a procedure for dealing with it. So, Chair, uh, I suggest we have more important things to worry about. I think Mr Pugh would like to make some clarity to those points. I'm not sure whether Councillor Harkins is suggesting that I've somehow fixed the GAP recommendation, but if you look back to what went to GAP, you will find it's precisely the same recommendation that was considered by GAP at its last meeting. There have been no additions between GAP and now. It's a matter for members whether they agree the GAP recommendations or not, but the GAP recommendations have not been extended by officers between the meeting and now. And I can show Councillor Hargreaves the report. If that is the case, I'm sorry, I apologise, but the, the general principle remains that there is the, the way of, of dealing with the current matter. As long as, as long as members are quite clear that the recommendation before them is precisely the recommendation that was made by GAP. Okay, thank you. I'm going to move on to Councillor Ranger now, please. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, I've got to cast my mind back quite some way now in the fog of time. But I take issue with something that Councillor Richard Freeman said when he mentioned before he went on to rubbish the cabinet system that only three members of the cabinet ratified or uh, agreed to put the Regulation 19 process underway. It was the cabinet that actually ratified a recommendation from the Planning Policy Working Group, which is cross-party, that the Regulation 19 can proceed. So I hope you will accept that um, correction in, in, in what he said. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Dean. Um, I spent uh, maybe half an hour yesterday on and off watching the um, pantomime in the House of Commons, um, pantomime emotion, whatever you want to, want to call it. Um, and obviously there was a lot of uh, debate there, without, without doubt, but at least, as far as I could tell, they knew what they were debating. They were debating a whole heap of amendments, but they were all set out on, I think, something called an order paper. And, the, and, and therefore, because it was all in black and white, uh, there ought to have been no ambiguity as to what it was they were dealing with. Um, I've been to two council meetings here where we've had a, a pantomime ourselves trying to put together an amendment uh, and, and what, 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 one, what the purpose was and secondly what the words were that we were supposed to be uh, dealing with because it, and, and it looked extremely amateurish to say the least and so this approach in, perp in, in principle is to try to get some discipline and some order and some I don't know, various other nouns that one could think of to try and actually get some order into this. Now, I, I do have some question marks about the timetable so that if, for instance, as we are tonight, we've got a meeting on a Tuesday, we're asking amendments to be put in by Friday. And, of course, if the agenda's only just come out on the previous Tuesday, uh, it, it doesn't give much time for any political group to get together to sit down, or individuals for that matter, to get down to think about it before, you know, before 
essentially Thursday evening you've got to sort something out which is, to, which is only the third day after the agenda's come out. So I, th I, think, I, I think that certainly, and, and, and bearing in mind that many members only managed to get together at a weekend before a meeting, then, you, then you've missed, you would have missed the Friday deadline. So I think some thought needs to be, and, and maybe it's a trial and error, uh, a trial, to, to, uh, which is suggested anyway, to see whether that's workable. And the other thing may well be that this forces us to get our agendas out not seven days before, but nine or ten days before. So I think, I think there are a number of other things that might be necessary to be considered but in, in order to make it really effective. But the, the, very, the general principle must be right that that there needs to be dialogue with officers to, uh, and this used to happen in years gone by. I can remember going back to the time of Tony Farrow often. Um, uh, um, I, I would have dialogue with him before putting an amendment together. We didn't have to publish it beforehand, but nevertheless was a process. So I think, I think it's all about being mature and, uh, and um, well organized. Uh, but. But I, as I say, I've got some slight reservations about the actual timetable that, that suggested, particularly when you've got a council meeting on a Tuesday. Thank you, Councillor Dean. Um, Councillor Chambers. Sorry, Madam Chairman, I'm speaking again tonight, which I didn't intend to do. But I had to speak after hearing what Councillor Freeman said about being undemocratic. This council is extremely democratic. And it's got even more democratic, if you can call it that. I would call it going over the top sometimes. The, policy, the planning policy working group has been in existence for how long, leader? Two and a half years? And every member of this council was invited to attend at any meeting. The actual working group was a cross-party, as Councillor Ranger said, you can't get more democratic than that because every member of the council could, if they so wished, and take the time, they could go to every meeting. Now, each group in this council, and I'll call them political groups because whether RFU like it or not, they are, each political group has their own discussions. We come to the council, we debate whatever the motion might be, and we agree or disagree. Now, if you have time, the important thing is to make sure that any recommendation or motion gives each group or each individual member sufficient time to put forward that amendment. I don't think it's unreasonable saying about two or three days, working days before, because if the member or the, or the group wishes to put forward something, then the officers have to have sufficient time to make sure that it gets out to all the members. So what we're actually saying here is, is very minor because it is just formalising it, but provided that you have this thing on here on section 18 about the safeguard, then you don't have a problem. It's no different to what it is now. So there's a lot of waffle going on over there, but quite frankly, we are just trying to make it a little bit more efficient and making it more helpful 
to both the Cabinet members who answer the questions and to the officers who actually help the members should it be necessary. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Sell. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, like Councillor Freeman, I've been a member of this council for, uh, for some time and other, other from 1998 to 2013. It's my recollection, others may correct me, but it's my recollection the amendment process worked quite well. I don't believe, and I have some sympathy for Mr Pugh and whoever is chairman, because I don't think in this council it has worked as well as it has done in the past. Because there was a kind of conventions or custom and practice whereby if a group was going to put forward, I know I can speak for my group, um, that if we were going to put forward amendments, we would send that out to all members of the council in advance of the meeting and they would have a copy on their email we would have discussed with the relevant officers and they would have arranged to have printed out a copy of that amendment. And can I suggest that if you decide to have group meetings on the day of the council, perhaps you can move that group meeting to earlier because having occupied that post of chair, I just feel it makes, in terms of business, and the council dean used the word amateurish and I tend to agree with him, in that for, for good business is that there should be a degree of transparency. The least that one can expect, I think, is an amendment that is not in the back of the envelope, that is actually typed out and that's been circulated to members in advance. So they've got an opportunity to consider it. And when we come here, there's that amendment printed before us and we can decide what to do. Um, I'd actually hate to say this to a foreign of the house, but I don't actually agree with him with comment about 18, because if one reads it, it's about the majority. And going back to, I think, what Councillor Hargreaves has said, therefore, yes, there is a procedure for the majority saying you can allow that amendment. But where there is something politically controversial, Councillor Hargreaves and myself are not in the majority. And therefore, whatever amendments we chose to put could easily be voted down and not heard. Uh, so that there is an issue there. Unfortunately, it has worked in the past. It's not working quite so well now. And my view is that my job is to work with all members, but also to hold the executive to account because that's what they're there for, to be held to account and try to be constructive, as I mentioned with Councillor Range with PCSOs and whatever. So, uh, but I, I just think instinct seems to be a middle way and I think the process does need refinement in this council. I haven't been satisfied by it. And it's also a courtesy to members. A courtesy to members that... The amendment has been discussed with the relevant officers and I've found in the past when I've discussed amendments the officer advice has been very helpful uh, because sometimes I want to be very factual, get my facts right 
and I can talk to the relevant officer and they can tell me, yeah, that is the factual information. So, uh, and that is helpful that I can put it forward and, as I say, officers can print it off, everyone's aware of the amendment and they come to their own decision and, on what to do with the amendment, support it or not. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Light. Thank you, Chair. Firstly, I'd like to ask for a recorded vote on this, because we, the councillors, represent the people who live in Uttlesford. And I think that we're doing them a great disservice by... Excuse me, could I have some, uh, some focus, please? Thank you. We are doing them a great disservice by stifling our voices. I think this is a blatant attempt to stifle any debate. It makes council redundant. It makes councillors, the majority, redundant. It removes any vestige of power from council. It becomes a mere ratification, a body that ratifies, which it already is, but at least we can have some debate and attempt to influence. It assumes that the six cabinet members have the unique and sole right to make decisions and to say that anyone can turn up at any of the meetings, yes, that is true. However, it is quite clear from sitting at cabinet from time to time during the meetings that the views are always ignored. Courteously listened to, but completely and utterly ignored. Therefore, it means that anyone, or the residents who are represented by parties who are not part of the administration, really have no voice. And I think it is disgraceful and despicable to try and remove the only means that councillors have who are in the opposition to actually raise points and have them heard. So I ask you, councillors, why vote to remove your right to a voice to represent your residents and to amend a motion and to foster debate and democracy in this chamber, which is already, quite frankly, severely lacking. Thank you. Councillor Artis. Uh, yes, um, <clears throat> I just wanted to add that the chairman already has, according to this um, motion, the discretion to allow... Uh, amendments on the night and I would like to think that the chairman would do that if they were uh, suitable and also the council can uh, suspend standing orders as uh, Mr Pugh has already said so I'd like to propose we move to a vote please. It sounds I, ironic but I'd like to yeah, do that. We do have a number of other speakers so I... Right. Um, well, there has been a lot of debate, but can I ask members, are they happy that we move to the vote? Can, we, can you give me a show of hands, or would you like rather to continue the debate? Yeah. Can we have a straightforward vote? Those who would like to go to the vote, please show. Indeed. Right. That, well, the motion, that, that, that request has fallen, so we will continue. Sorry, and Councillor Howell, you are next. Yeah, but what we have just no, we have just yeah, we've had a vote on that. That's what that vote was. Yes, we just. I'll ask again. Then, those who would like to go to the vote, please show.
Well, clearly that has failed, and therefore we will continue with the debate. Of those against? So, we are back where we started, and I would ask Councillor Howell, you are next. Madam Chairman, I would hate to stifle. Point of information, Chairman. Can we please have the result of that vote? What was it? Well, I'd say clearly defeated, as as, um, Mr Pugh has said, but if you would like the numbers, could you please show again those? Yes, this is getting a little... uh, Could you please show if you would like to go to the vote? We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight... And those against? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So, once again, Councillor Howell. Madam Chairman, uh, Councillors, I, I, like any true Conservative, hate change. And my instinct, whenever any change is proposed, is to imagine that the world is going to collapse around my ears. I'm actually broadly agnostic about this proposal. I don't feel massively strongly about it. Um, By and large, I don't feel particularly intimidated by an amendment to something that I've proposed. Um, I'm fairly nimble on my feet, I think. But I do have a concern about how effective we are as an organisation. Um, I recognise that democracy is untidy and it's messy and Houses of Parliament are proof of that. But frankly, we have been everything other than edifying at times over the last few, year, over the last few years. And it's not, an, not a criticism of individual councillors. They feel very strongly about issues and they are right to put forward amendments. This is not about stifling debate. It is not about restricting the ability to stand up and put forward your view. It's not about being able to put forward amendments. It's a very simple proposal, which is that we try and give the courtesy to other councillors of being able to allow them to anticipate what we're going to say. We're asking people to give them the courtesy of 48 hours to put forward a motion. It's not about saying you can't speak on a subject. It's not about curtailing democracy. I recall on one occasion we had the Youth Council here as we debated an amendment. It wasn't just the the scrap of paper on the desk when we arrived here. It was just embarrassing. Uh, And it shouldn't be as bad as this. My parish councils aren't as bad as we are. And so, with the greatest respect, I I listen to Councillor Light, and and, and it's not just with courtesy. I listen to your comments. And and I'm very aware that other people have different views to myself. Um, I do not believe we're trying to stifle debate. This is not a debate about the cabinet system. It's not a debate about preventing people from speaking. It's a simple amendment to when when an amendment uh, or change is proposed. And it doesn't seem quite so radical as we're suggesting. Thank you, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I've listened to everybody and agreed with lots of things everybody said and disagreed. Uh, I will say uh, that I was here when the committee system was in place. Uh, I didn't vote for the uh, cabinet system. I felt it disenfranchised councillors. I thought that then and I think that now. Uh, So I haven't changed. 
uh, and I want to correct Councillor Chambers because the working group was democratic, it was cross-party, but it had to go to Cabinet for decisions. We could only make recommendations. So uh, I, can, I can see what uh, Councillor Freeman was getting at there. But I will be voting for this because I can't see anything wrong with it. I think it is courteous for councillors to see a motion and then they can discuss it and whether they agree with it. Being given it sort of five minutes before we have to vote on it really isn't uh, very professional and I don't even really think that's very democratic. And that's all I have to say. Thank you. Um, Councillor Jones. Uh, Chairman, thank you. Uh, members, when this first came as a proposal to GAP, I was really quite um, averse to the idea of bringing in any further regulation on amendment. Um, I'm quite used, as a result of 40 years' worth of work in the public service, and mainly, I have to say, declare, working as a trade union official at the time as well, um, being involved with debates at national councils where amendments were called 20 minutes into a, um, uh, an ongoing speech, uh, a proposed amendment was being t uh, tabled as a result of something that came up. An hour later, it was being debated. So the, the, the concept of having amendments uh, running live, as it were, uh, and dealing with them as they arose from live debate was something I was quite happy with, and I saw no problem with it. However... As I heard the discussions in our GAP committee, um, where by the time it came around the second time, and, I, and I'd uh, heard a lot more views, uh, both within and outside that committee, um, I, I could see that there was some merit in looking at the procedure again. In fact, we had one quite embarrassing meeting here where uh, amendments were very much the issue. Um, I, I'm quite conscious that both, well, all sides in the council have been quite capable at times of using the uh, amendments as wrecking procedures and I, I deplore that quite frankly. Um, however, I've come to the view that we could do with some better regulation on the way amendments are handled. I do believe that 48 hours uh, notice should be sufficient. Bearing in mind that even when that amendment 48 hours in advance of um, council meeting is deposited, somebody else may still have a view they want to further amend it. Well, they can try and do that when it comes to the council. There is provision within what we've got in front of us to do that. What I am making a plea for in, in getting on my feet now is that we give it a try, see how it serves us. Paragraph 16 mandates a uh, review in 12 months anyway and also says if there are apparent problems within the period we revisit it sooner. So on the basis that I think what is being put before us now is reasonable and deals with certainly 90% of what I've heard by way of uh, argument against uh, I can only commend the, the uh, proposals to council tonight uh, I shall certainly be voting for Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Jones. Um, I have Councillor Rolfe and then Councillor Foley. Thank you, Chairman, and I'll try not to repeat the points that others have made. Um, I'm actually quite proud that this administration is a listening administration. Um, Planning Policy Working Group is one example. 
uh, leaders meeting with the uh, chief executive is another example. Um, and uh, so I don't think that anything comes to cabinet that is a surprise that hasn't been considered. Uh, so I, I just, I, this is not a debate about cabinet, but I just think it's an efficient way uh, of um, administration. But I actually think this amendment enriches the democratic process. Because if we're seriously suggesting, uh, and I'm not going to be rude, but some of the amendments have been a shambles, if we're seriously suggesting that that is good democracy, then uh, we live in a different world. I think the idea of putting forward uh, an amendment that can be carefully considered uh, is absolutely the right approach. And let's not forget, uh, we have taken amendments and agreed with quite a number of them. So there's no reason uh, an amendment... If you're trying to trick us out... You know, you're going down the wrong path. A, because, as Simon says, we can think on our feet uh, and it's just not going to work. If you're trying to enrich the process, which I think is absolutely legitimate, then uh, a, a carefully prepared amendment uh, that has consideration, goes through offices, I think is absolutely right because it, it's a more inclusive process. So I'm fully supportive of this. I think it's a far more efficient way uh, of working than uh, hitherto uh, and therefore will be supporting the uh, proposal. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Foley. I have uh, no problem with uh, asking for uh, 40 hours as a courtesy. I understand that it will be better for debate. However, would there not be certain circumstances that a late amendment could go in, an emergency, if you like, some change, something happened that would change it? So, so that is actually in the proposal, yeah. and it is up to the because something might happen on the day. Exactly. So the chairman does have that discretion. Yeah, and and um, so in a way, because of that, um, you know, this this is really trying to professionalise the, the the operation. However, if it had been a vote about the cabinet, which is not uh, against committee, I think there would be a whole new debate, and I think you'd have a, a whole different. Uh, um, support for that to be perfectly honest thank you okay well i think we have had a good debate on this issue um it has been proposed and seconded so i would like to take it to the vote it has been re requested that we have a recorded vote so mr Pugh, could you please deal with that for us thank you well i shall read out the uh, names of councillors and ask you to indicate whether you're voting for against or abstaining uh, I think probably I've not got a full list of, uh, an accurate list of people who are here or not, so if I do ask a councillor who isn't here how they're voting then please uh, bear with me. And, and councillor Antrim is, is, is not here. Councillor Artis? Councillor G. Barker? Four. Councillor S. Barker? Four. Councillor Chambers? Four. Councillor Dean? Four. Councillor Farthing? Four. Councillor Felton? Well, I'll come back to Councillor Felton in a moment. Uh, Councillor Foley? Four. Councillor Felton? Four. Councillor R. Freeman? Against. Councillor Gerard? Against. Councillor Goddard? For. Councillor Hargreaves? Against. Councillor Harris? For. 
Councillor Howell. Four. Councillor Jones. Four. Councillor Lees. Four. Councillor Lemon. Four. Councillor Light. Against. Councillor Loughlin. Four. Councillor Mills. Four. Councillor Morris. Four. Councillor Oliver. Four. Councillor Ranger. Four. Councillor Rolfe. Four. Councillor Sell. Abstain. Councillor Wells. Four. Thank you. We'll I mean, clearly carry it, but we'll talk the numbers up and. Uh, Okay, there's 21 votes for, four against, one abstention. So that proposal is carried. Thank you. So moving on now to item number nine, which is public engagement working groups. Um, an update from Councillor Lemon. Thank you, Chair. Following the successful establishment of a youth council, the Public Engagement Working Group has been looking at wider issues of engagement in terms of the work the Council does with specific sections of our community and with the public as a whole. In order to gain an understanding of current thinking with regard to engagement, we were fortunate to have David Evans, Director of Campaign Company, address our February meeting. The campaign company are authors of an excellent engagement guide called New Conversations, published by the Local Government Association. If any members want to look at this document, you can download it from the LGA's website. It is full of very useful theory and examples of good practice and has specific sections for members who want to improve their own engagement with the public. Following that meeting, we took part in an exercise to establish views as to what kind of council we are by scoring an outward and inward looking. We believe the council is along with how we sorry, um, we believe the council is along with how we engage or apathetic we perceive our residents to be. The results demonstrated a wide range of views between officers and members but there was general agreement that we want the Council to be outward-looking and engaged and that in some areas there is scope for improvement. The Public Engagement Working Group has spent time discussing current engagement methods. It was surprising to see just how much engagement activity already goes on in this Council. My view is the Council does a great deal of work in this area and engages with many different groups of our community. At our most recent meeting, we have considered the trends of traditional versus social media as methods of engaging with the public. Officers prepared a report which gave members of the working group a great deal to think about in terms of the way the media landscape is shifting 
and how the public is increasingly using social media channels to direct, directly engage with the Council. We have also carried out a scoping exercise to consider some of the areas the group may wish to focus on. We have identified areas of engagement we think the Council does well, which include the housing team's roadshows, the Council's use of social media to keep the public informed, and the way our customer services team engage with the public every time they come through the door or phone us. There are, of course, areas where we believe improvement can be made, such as public participation at meetings, the, general, the Council's general profile and, and visibility, and especially the training, of mem the training that members receive to help them engage with their electorate and so become more effective representatives of the residents they serve. After the summer break, we will be reconvening to narrow down our focus and ensure that we can make a positive difference to the public engagement agenda. Just a final point I'd like to make is that the attendance at the public engagement working group meetings has not been as good as I would have hoped. There are seven members of that group, but apart from one meeting where four members attended, we have only had three members who have been able to come to these meetings. Officers are looking at ways of changing the day and time of future meetings to try and improve at attendance. This is an important area of work and I'm sure we will get better results if more councillors participate. And I might add, on attendance, we have 26 members here tonight, which is only two-thirds of our membership. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Lemon. Um, we move on to any other business um, that I consider to be urgent. We have none. Um, so we'll now move on to part two. Before we do so, we need to vote on the exclusion of press and public. So could I please have Councillor Chambers? Madam Chairman, can I propose the, uh, uh, the section that puts us into part two, I so propose? Yes, could I please have a show of hands of, to do that? Just for the record, that is unanimous. So we'll move on to part two.